ding, 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 we have a destined mom, ladies and gentlemen. It's like sort of alluded to in the first chapter, but boy, does she come alive in chapter two. <laughs> Spinner bait, the podcast where we hate spinner bait, but we love army pants and flip flops. Like early two thousands, yes. Deep cut. I yes. I love yes. it. Yeah, some of the fashion in this book already in the first couple of chapters, I'm like, oh, girl, I remember it. I remember it all mm-hmm. too well, as Taylor Swift once said. Yes, as the queen said. Queen I'm Michael Ann, and with me, as always, is Bethany. Bethany, how are you on this lovely Monday? We're recording this episode way earlier than we normally do. Yes, all because of our queen, Taylor Swift. So yeah, mm-hmm. when you're hearing this, it'll be Tuesday after I've seen it. So I'm going to go ahead and predict the future, which will be the past for all of you, and say, it was amazing. And you'll have to tune in the next week when I have actual real thoughts on it, because I still haven't actually seen her yet. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait. Look forward to it. Look forward to it, everyone. I'm very excited. Very excited. Um, Yeah, we're here. We are listening to Just Listen, um, which, what what are we up to now? Is this the second book? We're listening to Just Listen, by the way. Yeah. Which I, here's another kind of inside baseball for you guys. When we first started thinking of this podcast, obviously it did not have a name and we brainstormed a few ideas. Um, My dear friend, Kristen, if you are listening, which you probably are because you listen to the show because you're awesome. How many times can (laughs) I say listen in this episode? Um, She, I was like, hey, like I'm terrible at naming things. Help me come up with names. And she ended up being the person who did inevitably give us our name that we have. Hey, Spinnerbait which we love. And I was like, oh my God, yes, that's perfect. But one of the things that we did brainstorm was just listen because the name of the book and it's very has a podcast mm-hmm. and a podcast. So it seemed kind of appropriate, but yeah, we're like, we can do better than that. That's low hanging fruit. And I hope we did better than that. I hope we all like our name, but it was, it was um, a thing, but yeah, we are here to to what did I say? Listen to Just Listen. We're here to discuss yes. Just Listen today is what I meant <laughs> to say. We're both a little tired. Again, we're doing it at like not a normal time today. So excuse us for any flub. But before we hop in our time machine and travel back to 2006, which y'all I'm very excited for. This is actually the first book of Sarah's that came out when I was in high school. So I remember it being like a big deal because when I read this book, like obviously the characters are always like high school age. And for the first time I was a high schooler. And so I was like, oh my God, I feel so seen. (laughs) Because I was always like, (laughs) it was still younger than the the protagonist, but I was always like kind of a few years younger. I was in middle school, but not the same thing. So in this novel, I was like, high school, I get it. Yes, I am a high schooler. Now I'm a freshman. Oh, look at me. But before we jump in the time machine, I just did want to give a quick trigger warning. There are some intense themes in this novel. We will be discussing some stuff with eating disorders and some things with sexual assault. So if you cannot um, come on the journey with us to enjoy Just Listen, 
totally understandable. We'll be discussing it for the next few weeks. Go ahead and tap out now, and we'll see you on the other side. We are discussing a novel that does not feature those things. So please take care of yourselves and um, enjoy if, <laughs> if you are listening. And if not, we totally understand. Yep. <clears throat> oh, God. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep that in. <laughs> All right, everyone. We're getting the time machine. Buckle up. We're in the DeLorean. Let's do it. They've landed. It's 2006. Michael Ann, wow. what's going on here? Well, I have a Blackberry. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't Alder. think I actually got a Blackberry until I was, until like 2009. But anyway. I never had one, so I missed out. Oh. You yeah. missed out. That was the best phone for sure. All right. So things were happening in 2006. Let me tell you. First and foremost, um, Facebook became available to anyone over the age of 13. I believe I did get a Facebook in 2006. Oh, you're cooler. I, I was a I held out there for a while longer. I am not cooler. I am desperate for attention. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Wow. Yeah. 2006 is when that happened. And the world has never been the same. <laughs> you know what else happened in 2006 that altered the uh, future forever? Mm. Twitter.com was launched. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a terrible year. Like, listen, I love 2006, mm-hmm. but Facebook became available. It should have just stayed in the colleges. Okay, let's, let's be honest. And, mm-hmm. and Twitter, oh, that's I remember, like, yeah, I was in high school and people started talking about it. And I was like, I don't know what this is. It seems dumb. You write like a sentence? No, thanks. And boy, did that, did that go south real quick and continues to go south. <laughs> I will say um, my first my first glimpse into having an audience was through Twitter because I made back in like 2008, 2009, 2010 time period, anonymous Twitters were really popular. So Mm. you would have a, you know, a name. Mine was female problems. I had 75,000 followers. Look at you. Kind of a big deal. I know it was pretty freaking cool it was like people who didn't really talk to me in real life were like retweeting me on twitter and i was like hey, hey, hey. You're like if only you knew did you feel like gossip girl because you were like I man wow. i did what an it was very fun and i met my best friend casey through twitter she had an anonymous twitter as well and she slid into my dms and we've been friends ever since. history that's a great that's a beautiful like little love story right there that's a great start i like it yeah yeah but i if there is still a female problems twitter it's not mine so twitter and then something else that's huge that happened um in 2006 i mean it's huge in in our world but 2006 is when Bobby Iger got Oswald the Lucky Rabbit back from Universal, which is like his big claim to yeah. fame. If you ever worked at Disney, they talk about uh, getting Oswald back a lot. So there you go, Bobby. We we're, got your Oswald. We're proud of you. We're proud of you for that one. New old Bob, as I like to call him. New old Bob. <laughs> So moving on to, there's a lot of songs, so I'm going to go to songs next. Ooh, appropriate for this novel. 
Exactly. And I could not narrow the list down. I'm sorry. It's just there were so many good ones. I was like, how am I supposed to narrow this down? So <laughs> uh, some top songs were Mariah Carey, Don't Forget About Us. Oh, she was having such a great comeback that year. That was a great time. And I really like Wentworth Miller starred in like a lot of those music videos. And it was Chef's Kiss. I love that. Man. I love that. Yeah. Yes, the Emancipation of Mimi. Mm-hmm. I loved that uh, that CD. I I played it constantly, constantly. It was, yeah, there were a lot of bops. That was a great album. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was seriously. It was a Mariah Carey Renaissance. Like she was, it was. She was back. She was having a moment. So many good music videos from that album. So many good songs. Good stuff. Really good stuff. And then we have. Um, Laffy Taffy by D4L. (laughs) If you went to a high school dance from 2006, circa probably like 2010, you heard that song at pretty much every high school dance. And you like, you could be in the bathroom, you could be at the punch bowl, whatever. We didn't actually have punch bowls, but you know what I mean? No. And the refreshment stand or whatever. And that song come out, you'd be like, oh, and you'd like have to go back to the dance floor. You'd be like, gotta shake my Laffy Taffy. You're like 15. Yeah. (laughs) We really thought we were cool though. We were getting some some dirty dancing was going down, you know. It was a moment. It was it was a moment. Another moment that was very popular at high school dances during this time period is Nelly featuring Paul Wall, Allie, and Grip. The song is called Grills. Oh, yes. I do remember that one. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, man. A classic. A I'm classic. really... Oh, these songs are taking me back right now. <laughs> these songs will... It's, it's, there's so many. Next up, we have You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Oh, God. Yeah, beautiful. Everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, beautiful. He opened the last Ed Sheeran tour, the Divide tour, he opened. And very self-aware, very, like, British dry humor. Of course, like, no one knows any of his, like, new stuff. And so he get he got to the end of his like little opening set, which again was like 30, 45 minute set, you know. And he's like, All right, now for the one you all have been waiting for. <laughs> we're all like, Yeah. He's like, the one, the one song everyone knows. hmm I'm glad he's self I did not even know he still made music. He's still so around. yeah, he's he's out there going on opening acts because again, he's very much a one hit wonder. Yeah, very much second and secondly i'm like six songs in <laughs> uh the next one we have is sean paul's temperature oh okay temperature. yep yep another another oh, one paul. what's sean paul doing these days <laughs> god god only knows, god only well, knows. someone knows i'm sure but it's not me yeah not i sorry uh shakira featuring wyclef jean hips don't lie another <sighs> classic wow what a classic honestly that's mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm still still saying it <laughs> oh yeah all, all the time it, it's it's been put into like the the lexicon yeah. of society and then we have nelly Furtado featuring timberland promiscuous oh yeah that was when like her timberland and um justin timberlake boo <laughs> were all like having their little yeah like team up and they ruled the airwaves there for like a year or two yeah speaking of the next song i want to talk about is justin timberlake sexy back mm. yep. oh yep we are f- officially in the sexy back era it was 
a good time though. Like they're, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad about the sexy back era. I did see him in concert for the sexy back era twice. Mm. I respect that. Both shows were incredible. There is a, and that song, um, that obviously I have more context about now these songs and I don't feel the same way, but back then the, what goes around comes around song. If you mm. like on the CD version, there's like, if you keep listening, there's a different, like, it's like a secret section and it's, okay. it was so good. Oh my gosh. He like gets really into song. it. I mean, I, again, it's like sort of tainted now, but like, damn yeah. it, that isn't a good song. <laughs> I know. I mean, if he isn't good at music, well, not really. His last album was like, eh, all right. And I don't know what he's doing now. He's, it's all about like what producers he's working with. And at that time, like the sexy back era, like he was working with some really good producers and it showed like there was really Mm -hmm. quality music. And now, I don't know. I don't know if like no one wants to work with him anymore or something, but it's not, which, but um, it's not what it used to be. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, we also have Fergie's London Bridge, another classic. Oh, yes. Are, I, like, are her and Josh Hummel still married? Or did they break up like a very long time ago? I don't know. I don't know, but now I need that to. That just randomly came to me. I was like, remember they were together? And then I was like, wait, maybe they still are. <laughs> I have no one, idea. One time, I went to California a few times. And one of the times I was on, I was at Santa Monica I don't remember if it was Santa Monica Beach or Venice Beach, but it was one of the beaches. And we were just hanging out, walking around, and we saw this, like, big crowd in front of, like, a camera. And we were like, what's that? And it was Josh Dumel. He was, like, mm-hmm. filming some – there was, like, a, a 5K going on or something. Fergie and Josh Dumel. I feel like they had to have broken up a long time ago, but maybe not. Yeah, they were married for 13 years. Wow. Good for them. <laughs> it looks oh, like God. they're still close. Okay. They're doing, they're co-parenting very well. Well, good for them. I'm glad that they could keep it, you know, cordial for the kids. Yes. We respect that. And then finally, Irreplaceable by Beyonce was like the number one song. Oh. Yeah, which is that was a big one. Another classic. Also, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before. I talk about it all the time, so I I might have, but I did not. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry, I'm um, Mike's not here tonight, y'all. So I had to take his place. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize that Beyonce and Jay Z have a huge age gap. And they started dating when she was a teenager and he was a full grown adult man. Um, yeah, I I think that I knew that there was an age gap, but I guess I didn't realize like how long they had been dating. So the her being a teenager thing is something that was like I only realized like maybe like two years mm-hmm. ago. And I was like, hot damn. That and the Jay Z is wearing a half wig conspiracy from TikTok that I still love and think about every day. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just that TikTok was so convincing. But I was like, she might be onto something. But yeah, I didn't realize that. And then I was like, oh, that kind of because like you know, like I respected them like yeah. as a couple, and I you know, and they have like this beautiful family, and they're obviously killing it. Just like they're the richest people. Good for them. 
but yeah, that, that tainted things a little bit. I was like, I did not realize they had been like together that long and that she was, mm, yeah, that's a little weird and groomy ish, but you know, <laughs> good for them, I guess. Okay. So some popular, the, the TV show, the popular TV shows are kind of boring. Ooh. Oh, I'm okay. I'm still intrigued though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have two different sections here. I have popular TV shows and then I just have TV shows that came out that year. Oh, okay. Um, the two the shows that came out that year are more interesting, but since I've already talked about the top ones, I'll do that. <laughs> the number we'll go backwards. Fifth most popular show was House, which I did watch for a little while. I did watch that too, and it was yeah. good. It went downhill, but I liked it a lot at the mm-hmm. beginning. Same. Uh, then we have Grey's Anatomy, which also was so good. Also same. <laughs> also so good. Actually, um, a little shout out. We, I think I'm going to put their promo in our episode that's coming out yeah. tomorrow, aka last week, once you guys are hearing this. But I have a friend named Kelsey who does a Grey's Anatomy podcast. They're re-watching all of Grey's Anatomy. And you guys should check it out. It's called Grey's Academy. Which is a great name. I love a pun. Yes, same. And then number three, CSI. I never got into oh, that. I did also watch CSI for a time being. Um, very short time being, but I did have a moment. And then all like all these shows were on forever and overstayed their welcome, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like most network TV, I feel like. like. Well, yeah, most network TV. That is accurate. Second, we have Dancing with the Stars. Which I've never watched. Never, never. Yeah, that was one I never got into. Mm-mm. I like my. I was gonna watch it because one of my favorite Bachelorettes was on it last season, but I kept being like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch that." And then I just was like, "I have no interest in this." And then would forget. Yeah. My the Emily Gilmore, my real life Emily Gilmore in my life, this lovely woman, Pam, Pamela Campbell, absolute icon. Honestly, she's fantastic. She used to always call Dancing with the Stars Dancing with People You May Have Heard Of. And I felt like that was the more accurate name. And she's like, oh, have you been watching Dancing with People You May Have Heard Of? And I was like, can't say I have, Pam, but that's <laughs> only more. so accurate. I love that. <laughs> and then number one, another show that you might you might get famous when you're done with it, but you probably won't, American Idol. Yeah, that was in, in peak. We were all just loving American Idol there for a hot minute. We really and were. yeah didn't really create that many American again it was better if you finished like second or third you had a better career than whoever won except for like Kelly Clarkson like the first winner was the only person who like really did anything yeah Kelly Clarkson um really made a name for herself and Carrie Underwood but she didn't win yeah and like Jennifer Hudson she didn't win but obviously she's still you know doing things uh Chris Daughtry he has band mm-hmm. He didn't win though either, but he like, yeah, it was like people who always like placed in the top three mm-hmm. went on to do well, but then, which I did. Okay. So one time I read this um, conspiracy theory about that because <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. It was more about the X factor, but it was about like all of them because you're know, like, obviously one direction is one direction. They were like the biggest boy band in the world for hot minute. And they produced, you know, Harry Styles and whatever, um, and the rest of them, Harry Styles and the rest of them. Just kidding. They're all lovely, but pretty I'm much sure. just Harry Styles and the rest of them. And so I read this thing about how sometimes about like how it's like supposedly rigged and why it is better to finish in like second or third place, because the first place winner, you get this prize, right? And it's like this amount of money in this record contract. But if you don't finish in first place, they can put how like however much money they want to in you. So there's this theory that apparently like 
the last episode, like they don't really count the fan votes. It's like rigged because the producers of the show are like, okay, we want to make One Direction, One Direction. And if they win, then they are only going to get this certain amount of money that we can give them per the contract of the show. But if they come in third place or second place, then we can do whatever we want with them. So I'm pretty sure like all of those singing shows are kind of the same. So that's a conspiracy I read once. I don't know if it's true, but... (laughs) It's funny you say that because I was literally just going to say... I bet the first place winners don't get far because of the contract limitations that they have. Yep. That's 100%. I think what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. Okay. So then some 2006 shows that premiered, uh, we have 30 rock, which is problematic, but has some funny moments. True. We have Friday night lights. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) Y'all. As you know, if you've listened to this show, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do a quick thing here, real quick. If you have never watched it and you're thinking this show is not for me, I don't like sports. Uh, it's about high school football in Texas. Boo, you're wrong. It was the greatest <laughs> television show that has ever been made. It, you don't have to like sports. You don't, and you will love this show. It is so good, so well written, so well acted. The main couple of it, um, which is Coach Taylor coach Eric Taylor and um, his wife, Julie Taylor, the most iconic couple I've ever seen in any media ever. Like the most rootable, like just like they're a real couple. Like you were like, yes, this is how people really act in real life. And it's just the most beautiful love story. And one of the things that the creator of the show said from the beginning was like, I'm not messing with that couple. Like we're not throwing unnecessary drama at them just to throw unnecessary drama at them. Like they're our core couple and they're making it through this show. Like that was like his only main concern. And I I have to watch it. Like, I just, at this point, it's like, I have to. I think you're going to be, have I said this before? I think I've guessed before, but I'm going to guess again. Because everyone that watches it is like a such and such. Like, you have like your favorite character, and I think you're going to be a Riggins girl. Oh. I just know. Knowing like the type of characters you like, I think you're going to be a Tim Riggins girl. Oh, you <laughs> heard it here fact. first. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. Wow, 2006. I knew that, and yet I, like, forgot that until you said that. And the second you did, I was like, the greatest television show of all time came out in 2006, y'all. Bow down. Also, it is very, like, early aughts. Like, when you watch it now, like, the fashion and, like, oh, God, it's so funny. Oh, okay. I need to watch it. So another iconic show that premiered in 2006 was the one, the only Hannah Montana. Oh, it's the best of both worlds. So I don't know if you all had, did you have like spirit week in high school? Like your homecoming week, you did a whole, okay. So we had spirit week every year at our high school. And my, oh yeah, we had spirit day, but we had like a whole week. And so like each day was like themed. So like one day was like pajama day, whatever day, like we did decades day. So like each class, like freshmen, juniors, seniors, like got a decade and you like dress like that and whatever. And we also for spirit day, spirit night, the seniors got to come in with you made your own Burger King crowns. <laughs> like you took them, flipped them inside out and decorated it. And then togas. And we came out on the back of pickup trucks and togas. Is that the most Southeast thing I've ever said? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> how do you know you were born and raised in the Southeast? That's how. So that was the best. And you like looked forward to that. Like as a freshman, I went to Spirit Night and I saw all the senior class. Like my sister was a senior at the time. My middle sister, Sarah. And then, you know, sophomore year, you know, whatever. So when you finally got to be a senior and get to come in in the togas, it was a big to-do. So anyhow, so senior year spirit week 
one of the days was always costume day. And me and a good friend of mine who was blonde, um, we dressed up as Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana. And so it really only worked. Like our costumes really only worked. I was the Miley. Um, when we were together and we had classes together. So certain periods of the day, it worked. Other times people were like, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm Miley and my friend is Hannah Montana. She has to be here for you to get it. <laughs> we had, so yeah, it was iconic. We had spirit day, like just one day. Um, and Did you have a full week of fun. <laughs> no, I went to Catholic school. Oh yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. So <laughs> we, so when you're seniors, like we all did this in the, it was actually a really fun day. Like you could do, you, people did skits, teachers did skits. Like it was hilarious and fun and wonderful. Um, but when you're a senior, you get to like all come into like a song together, freaking screaming and like going nuts and every grade <laughs> gets like their own color. So it was like so exciting. And I remember when I was a senior, we wore all black. We were the, it was blackout. And then we Ooh. came into, uh, run this town and I've never oh. felt cooler in my entire life. Yeah, that's pretty I I feel cool like just knowing that you did that. So I can only imagine doing it. That's pretty iconic. It was it was really that's iconic. Epic. I think about it a yeah, lot. That's pretty cool. And I went to the uh Miley Cyrus Hannah Montana Best of Both Worlds Jonas Brothers concert. <laughs> I was way too yes. old. Yes. <laughs> No, you were the right age. <laughs> there is never a wrong age to have gone to that concert. My like friend, my my friend, mm. she's, we're not, we don't really talk anymore, unfortunately. Um, but we, she came with me, and I know she came with me because she like felt bad for me because she was like the cool hot girl, and I was like the little weirdo that was like, I love this shit, and it was like everyone in high school was like, uh, no, are you a little okay. old for <laughs> Disney Channel? And we're like, no. And I'm like, no. And I now, and now everyone loves the Jonas Brothers. I know, and, and Miley I was, like, Cyrus. Love the Jonas Brothers, yeah. So, mm -hmm. like, whatever. You were just ahead of the curve. You were I before was, your time. I was. I was before my time. You know, people needed to catch up to me. Damn straight. And then a couple of reality TV shows that I am obsessed with that came out in 2006: <laughs> uh, Flavor of Love, iconic. Oh, Flavor of Love, iconic. That's so good it's just so good a different time a different you couldn't do flavor of love now no. i don't think but you could do it then and let me tell you they did and it was good and i think the world might be better for it yes yes <laughs> definitely oh flavor of love oh so bad but so so good. bad and then we got the spinoff i love so new york yeah mm. it was just like chef's kiss that was like the epitome vh1 was doing a it was vh1 i think yeah, VH1. VH1 right. was doing a lot of really fun, shitty reality TV at the time. Oh, yeah. Like, they were lot. killing the, like, shitty reality TV game, and I love them for it. Mm -hmm. So was MTV. Like, they were, they were, now it's like, what did either of those people do? I have no idea. I don't know. Like, what, did, I, like, forget that they exist. I, oh, MTV just plays ridiculousness, like, 24-7, I swear oh. to God. Somehow that show is still making new episodes. I don't know how. Mm. Which back in the day the, which we first like i mean rob jack is famous in his own right but he's really famous because if you were a teenager in the aughts because of um robin big now yeah. that was a great show yes. ridiculousness not good but robin big first of all the queen intro song like people let me tell you about my best friend they had a tiny horse 
it was the most ridiculous thing, but so, 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 so good. Me and my sisters were obsessed with that show. <laughs> I love that. That's another like good from that time period reality show. Yeah. And then we had uh, Bam Margera's show, which was yeah, uh, so good. But now Bam Margera. Oof. Got yeah. some bad stuff going on with that guy. But back then, he mm-hmm. was smoking hot, and he was he doing was really funny shit. And then I'd be remiss to not mention that in 2006, The Hills came out. Oh, listen, everyone. Listen. It wasn't just Brody. It was you. <laughs> The Hills was everything. The Hills was at Laguna Beach and then, of course, The Hills, which spinned off from it. Like, what? Seriously, what is MTV doing? Like, what are teenagers watching? Like, hey, hey, young kids, what are you? Sorry, someone like, what are y'all, what are you doing with your time if you're not watching things like that? My nieces and nephews watch, like, adult shows and Outer Banks. Okay. Well, Outer okay. Banks is Outer a Banks huge Outer Banks is there for them, kids. yeah. Outer Banks is, like, their oh. One Tree Hill or something, I guess. Yeah. 2006 movies, another list I could not minimize. Okay, so first off, I want to mention Failure to Launch. I watched that movie 487,000 times. (laughs) Step Up, another took the world by storm. So good. So good. I was so upset when they, like, got divorced, by the way. Same. Um, The movie that was a gay sexual awakening for so many of us stick it oh stick it this is our time machine i know is going long but mike that's one of the movies mike and i can agree on like mike has a fondness for stick it of course he does that together of course he does (laughs) well yes (laughs) that is true (laughs) but i've tried to get him to like watch dancing movies with me before and he's like no but stick it he like weirdly loves he's like this movie knows what it is okay and i'm like "Uh uh-huh sure Mm -hmm. it sure does wink wink I like it too, <laughs> Mike. And then we have Marie Antoinette, which was iconic because yes. she did such a good job with them. Um, Kirsten Dunst did an amazing yeah. job um, as Marie and Antoinette. And all the costumes are yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And there's like one scene where there's like converse. It's like, oh, there's so much to this movie that I just like love. And then we have my favorite holiday movie of all time. I watch it every single year. The holiday. That's oh, the holiday is I, so good. It's so good. I can't even like it's my I literally watch it every year. I really think that Jack Black and Kate Winslet have like the best chemistry in that movie. Like they I really do. love them as a couple in that movie. They it's do. so good. They have the, both of them are wonderful, iconic people in their own right. And then you put them together on screen. Like, stop it. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It is so good. Um, and then we have I had to mention this one because it's so bad. It's so bad, but it's like, ugh. bring it on all or nothing. The Hayden Patentier. <laughs> Listen, we've all seen it and we've yeah. all kind of liked it. So um, yeah. it's a major step down though from the first movie, which mm-hmm. I honestly think is just a very, very good film. Like a very, very good film and a very good film about like discussions on class and race and yeah. and how we appropriate a lot of things from black culture that we shouldn't as white people and how they should get the credit 
I feel like what a great like considering the year that movie came out and like the fact that it was sold as like a silly cheerleader movie like honestly some deep themes we respect yes exactly <laughs> but bring it all all or nothing had no deep themes and no. it was absolutely terrible <laughs> but like I don't know why all the sequels are so bad they're so bad and in this one I know why, but... Hayden Patentier like appropriates black culture and it's like supposed to be a good thing and it's like what in do you forget the first movie <laughs> right like what who wrote this but i digress we also have a couple other iconic ones she's the man iconic oh yes gouda we also have <laughs> we also have john tucker must die another iconic movie oh. So, 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 so good. Oh my God. You know, I haven't watched that in a minute. I need to rewatch that movie. Same. The first time I ever had Chipotle was when I watched John Tucker Must Die when I was visiting my cousin Molly in Kansas. And I also saw The Holiday with Molly in Kansas for the first time. So shout out, Molly. That was a very big trip. Wow. Thank you, I, the great state of Kansas and Molly for so many great things. Uh, yeah, I think I want to say it was two different trips, but that doesn't because we watched John Tucker Must Die on TV and we saw the holiday in theaters. So I think it was two trips going mm -hmm. to Kansas. And then finally, two more Aquamarine, iconic. Oh, yes. It had JoJo, it had everything. And then The Devil Wears Prada, again. <gasps> listen, listen. Name a more iconic film. You can't. You can't. Like everyone in it. Anne Hathaway, Emily Blunt, mm -hmm. the goddess herself. Why Meryl can't I think Street. of her name right now? Meryl, Meryl Streep. Thank you. I literally, she's she's just, she's God to me that I can't even think of her name. Yeah, Meryl Streep's in it. Stanley Tucci, the Tooch, is in it. And one of his best roles. So many quotable moments. Such a great movie. And yeah. yeah. Love it. 10 out of 10. If your boyfriend is like the boyfriend in Devil Wears Prada, um, I have some advice for you, and that is dump him. Mm -hmm. And we haven't said I this in a run. while, but run. Run. <laughs> there you go, everyone. If you're waiting for a run drop, that was your run drop of the episode. Massive run. I, yeah, I don't know why we were supposed to, like, the movie wants you to sympathize with him. Um, big nope. Yeah, big. He's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. She's right. Yeah, 100%. And supportive assholes who he is yeah exactly he was like oh you're becoming successful i don't know like hate it <laughs> it's like yeah okay like get that out of here man wow um i hope y'all enjoyed that trip down memory lane as much as i did i didn't realize just how iconic 2006 was i recall it being a good year i remember a lot of good pop culture but i did not remember that it was that good mm-hmm 2006 you have gained my respect mm -hmm. <laughs> except for the whole twitter thing Ugh. yeah that's questionable as is facebook yeah questionable, yeah. questionable best for sure all right just listen and all by sarah dessen we start off here with a little robert frost i was about to say poem but really it's a sentence <laughs> <laughs> the best way out is always through i just felt the need to say that because that is technically how it starts we don't have a dedications page in this one nope just There's also no table of contents in any of her books, yeah. which makes scheduling very difficult. Very difficult. So who does this? This is a, a subset of Penguin. Penguin, if you could please put table of contents in your novels, we'd really appreciate it. 
seriously thank you and good day there's an acknowledgement at the end though so i guess we did acknowledgements this novel instead of oh should we read them now yeah why not let's do it well because it makes sense to do it at the beginning acknowledgements it takes a village to see a book from beginning to end and i am lucky to have good neighbors thanks to lee leah lee feldman lee i guess yeah the most honest person I know, and the fabulous Regina Hayes, who always takes my best and makes you so much better. Joy Peskin gave her perspective and experience when I needed it most. I'm also indebted to Marianne Ginger and Bland Simpson at UNC Chapel Hill, who gave me the second best job I've ever had, and more importantly, continue to understand why writing is the first. I'm grateful to Anne P- Parent parent i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing these sarah you know i'm sorry at wcom (laughs) 103.5 community radio and jeff weltley dashing vegan criminal defense attorney for facts and information and to my parents for yet again talking me down off the ledge but in the end this book like all the others is really for jay who gave me bob dylan tom waits social distortion and a million other songs still playing thanks for listening oh good every time she mentions jay i just feel like he's a a great dude and i'm happy that they found each other so chapter one the first sentence i taped the commercial back in april before anything had happened and promptly forgot about it excellent first sentence it immediately brings you into the story you're like what commercial what happened yeah what happened since april i need to know Mm mm-hmm and we don't we don't know yet we will say but yes so she yeah. is talking about how now that it's uh, about time to start school the commercial she was in is everywhere it's just a cheesy back to school go shopping and buy clothes department store commercial and don't we all remember those and our main character is annabelle green we did not say her name but that is her name no. I hate that the name Annabelle is now always going to be associated with that like horror movie doll because I think it's a very pretty name. Mm. Now I'm always like, oh, creepy doll. You know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I'm sorry that I put that out there in your head now because I'd like to associate it with this novel because this character is, is someone who I hold near and dear to my heart. We're getting some backstory here just about the care, the, the, She's saying that in this video, she has like a group of friends, which she says is ironic at this point, I think is what she says. And so we're kind of getting a hint that she doesn't really have any friends right now. Something major went down and she's having a really hard time going back to school. She's nervous. Yes. She does not think, as the commercial says, that she's going to be making her new year the best one yet. (laughs) Yes. To say the least. She is not a good time. She's so, not a good time. She's well, not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, Annabelle's a great time, but she is not having a, a great time. Before we get too deep into this, so we read the first, this, this episode is covering the first two chapters, which is about 40 pages roughly. And the first thing I noticed in this novel that's like a little bit different than what we've read so far is like how little time passes in the first two chapters. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of setting up characters and backstory, which I appreciate. Like, I think that I think the first two chapters is absolutely wonderful, but I just realized like the pacing 
of this novel is Little Bridge. I think this is the longest one so far. It seems like with each subsequent novel, they get a little, like from this lullaby on, they all start entering like the 300 page range, which the first few novels are more in like the 200 some odd pages. So I think some of it is that it's like, there's more room to breathe in the book. And so like you kind of take her time, but yeah, just reading it, I was like, this is a little different. Like we're taking a little bit more time to kind of like, you really get this whole backstory with like Sophie and, and Clark, which you're about to get into, which I, I think is very fascinating, but it's like a really good, we're getting to know our characters before we like really get too much into any plot, which is mm-hmm. like sort of different, I feel like than what we've had so far. So I just wanted to mention that before we yeah uh, got any further, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that as well. <laughs> like, just, like different. The first two chapters are really setting us up for the rest of the story for sure. Yeah. Like, gotta know all the players, so to speak, before mm-hmm. we, like, can move them around the trust board. So, and one, it's interesting. And one of those players, as you mentioned, is Sophie, which is her former best friend, mm-hmm. who is, she is, she's very nervous to see her on the first day of school. We can assume they had some sort of major falling out. Yes. And she does see her right when she gets to school. Sophie is right next to her when she's in her car and calls her a bitch and walks away. So we'll be excited to see what happens there. (laughs) She seems pleasant. She seems lovely from start to finish. (laughs) Yeah. And then we kind of go into this like flashback of Mm -hmm. when she first met Sophie, which was the summer after sixth grade. And she kind of like, like this entire flashback takes up a good chunk of this chapter and it's, Yep. Like, I'm, like, fascinated by it for some reason. Like, this, like again, it just, like, yep. really sets the scene of, like, this summer and, like, how things were and kind of her relationship with her family a little bit as well. Like, besides just her relationship with her friends, we get to learn about her sisters. I think one of the reasons Annabelle resonates with me so much is she is the youngest of three sisters. And even, like, the age gaps is pretty much spot on with me and my sisters. Because, like, the first two sisters are, like, two years apart. And then I think she has a little bit more of a gap. So I think between her and her eldest is probably like five or six years, which is the same for me and my sisters. So I just remember when I first picked this up, I was like, oh my God, she's the youngest of three girls. And um, unlike Annabelle, though, I did not follow them into their interests because all of these sisters model and my sisters played basketball and volleyball. And I did not because I had zero hand-eye coordination. <laughs> but i enjoyed watching them (laughs) yeah this this flashback is really detailed which i i do it they they put you in that time period for sure like we find out that uh, she met sophie at the community pool she didn't she didn't come off super well to be honest um she was super rude ever become friends with this girl in the first place well we find out mom yeah. A Dustin mom. True. And Dustin I feel like mom coming in. Like Clark a little bit. Like her friend Clark seems like or well, I guess not really her friend anymore, but her good friend at the time seemed like she was just like a nice person who wanted to do a nice thing. And boy, did that maybe backfire that on them in the end. Yes. Yeah, we find out that um her sister Kirk Kirsten is the oldest and she is very like friendly she's curvy she's rambunctious she's like very popular and that's kind of who sophie has been trying to become friends with by doing that weird thing that 12 year olds do where they just kind of like follow you around 
And then we have Whitney, who kind of reminds me of Monica in a way. She's like monotone, serious. And she says like when she does have something to say, it really hits because she doesn't say that much. Right. You know, especially when she's fighting with Kirsten. And hopefully I don't call her Kristen because I'm very concerned that I'm going to start. I know. It's very hard not to. I'm like, Kirsten? Kirsten. (laughs) Kirsten. Kirsten. Kirsten Dunst. Marie Antoinette. Yeah, there you go. That's how I'll remember. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, then we we also meet um, uh, Annabelle's friend Clark, who is adopted. Um, She is from China. She is has bad allergies she's always blowing her nose she sounds like a very classic like a nerd stereotype she has glass oh no she doesn't have glasses yet but she will have glasses she is always like nasally she clark is a wizard cards especially gin rummy she is a soccer player and i want to say she does tennis too so she's like pretty active she doesn't really seem to care that much about the people yes i think oh yeah we're just kind of following them at the pool for a couple days like the girl is just going getting closer and closer to kirsten who's like what is going on with this chick following me around it was like that's what you get for being cool i guess yeah it's tough the heavy is the head that wears the crown or whatever they say (laughs) or whatever or whatever so we get to this we're like finding them around the pool we're learning a little about sophie and how she's new in the neighborhood and how she's like being a stalker at the pool because she sees the popular girls and she's 12 and 12 year olds are weird by nature i say lovingly as someone who once was 12 but i was weird at 12 because all of you us are and so yeah she doesn't know how to like talk to the popular girls but she clearly wants to be one so she just like weirdly follows them and so of course these popular girls who are you know like 16 17 years old are like what the heck so we go to dinner yeah. and a conversation is had. And so um, Kirsten is talking about like, you know, how she's like a stalker and whatnot. And so her parents are both like, you know, like she's 12 and like, that's your sister's age and like, try to be nice to her. And, and her mom is like, Annabelle's mom is like, you know, like, why don't you try to befriend her since you guys are the same age and whatever. And so this is kind of the first time that we learn a little bit about the fact that like Annabelle is. Like, she kind of talks about, like, you know, her sisters have these kind of, like, very polar opposite personalities, but they're very, like, like, Kirsten is very, like, loud and and stuff, like you were saying, and then Whitney is a little bit more, like, yeah, monotone, Monica-esque, and so Annabelle's, like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you would know how to describe them, like, I don't know what people would describe me as, like, I just, like, it sounds like she just tries to, like, keep the peace, like, she doesn't want to ruffle any feathers, she's not good at confrontation, that kind of stuff, so if her mom is, like, hey, be nice and go talk to this girl who's stalking your sister she's like well okay i guess i'll try and yeah. she does try <laughs> it does not go very well but i did really like um kirsten in this moment where she kind of like this is such a like sister thing where it's one thing to be like man like on what you know when she was talking about sophie she was like oh, she's 12 and like whatever but then when her when sophie starts kind of being mean to annabelle when they're like waiting at the, the snack bar or whatever um she immediately like comes in to defend her which is just such a like excuse me you can't talk to my sister like that like such a like familial thing to do which i love 
Yes. Yeah, we also see this is like another Dessen thing that we have here. The main character is like oddly has a connection with the mother that the other sisters yeah. don't. She's like hyper aware of her emotions and she's like always trying to make mom happy at the expense of knowing who she yeah. is. Like she says, her mom was famously polite and expected the same from the rest of us. But really, it was like only Annabelle who actually like does that. Does yeah. that. Yeah, like, I love that her other sisters are just like, I'm gonna think of me. And Annabelle's like, I'm gonna think of, like, my mother, and I'm gonna think of the family, and whatever. Which I think yeah. sometimes does end up kind of falling on the the youngest sibling, maybe, because of the fact that, like, you weren't there first. Like, you don't get to set the pace for things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, uh, Kirsten was already alive and had a personality you, you know like she was like doing her thing and then you know her two younger sisters come along and so then it's kind of like well it does kind of fall on Annabelle you know again not really yeah. I don't think like from my personal experience that was ever a thing but I, I could see how that could happen I know like my mom who was the youngest of her family as I've mentioned before like I think that kind of like happened to her a little bit because like her siblings were out there doing things and she saw like the headaches that they were giving you know, her parents and was kind of like, I don't want to do that. Like, I know how much that stresses my parents out. So like, I'm not going to do those kind of things. And so, yeah, I think it's just because, you know, you are younger and you're seeing the things that your siblings are doing to your parents and you're like, well, I don't, you know, like, I don't want to be that person. So I think Annabelle's kind of like falling like through that syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Basically, Kirsten gets real um, angry angry at Sophie because Sophie's rude as hell to Annabelle Mm. and Sophie cries and she just leaves the pool she has she's left all her stuff behind and she's just walks home um and like I want to feel bad for her here but also you made your bed now you have to lie in it yeah I don't feel bad for her I don't feel bad for her I think I think it's hard to like completely sympathize or empathize with Sophie because I have had these toxic relationships because from what I remember of the book and what I've read so far, you know, at the end of this chapter, actually, Annabelle says it like um, something about how, oh, in the years to come, it would be this moment, which is when they like go to give her her stuff because Sophie leaves crying and they I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they go to, you know, like give her her stuff back. They go to be like, they're taking the high road. They're, they're being the better person. When she says like her mother is like the queen of like the high road, you know? And so yeah. she says the moment that um, I always came back to me and Clark in the summer after our sixth grade year, standing there behind that girl's turn back. So much might have been different for me, for all of us. If something else had happened right then. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's like the single moment, like they were just trying to take that or they're trying to be good people. And clearly like, it works like they do become friends until as we know now um much later on now sophie is running up to her on the first day of school and just saying bitch because they clearly have some sort of falling out and yeah you just kind of have to think like I, I guess it's just hard for me to like sympathize with sophie because i'm like i have been to annabelle on these kind of friendships and those girls yep. are bad news so yeah yeah we've all we've all had them we've all had that like toxic friendship mm-hmm. and god this is yeah, part of me is like, you know what? Don't give her her stuff back. Like, maybe you should just, like, you've tried twice now, and this girl has been mean to you, and now she's upset, which I yep. understand. Like, equally so, she's upset. But, yeah, they they take the high road, and they go give her her stuff back, and because she just, like, yeah, walks, like, barefoot, walks away crying, and goes to her house, 
And so they know where she lives because, you know, like that was mentioned at dinner. And so they moved into the Daughtry's old place, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so her and Clark go to give her her stuff. And that's when she's like, hi, I'm Sophie. And the rest, as they say, is history. They became friends for better or worse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I'm just having flashbacks to my toxic friendship that literally destroyed my mental health for the rest of my life. Shout out. Apparently, we've talked a lot um, so far in this podcast about how important it is to us that we see such important platonic relationships in in a good light. But I think it's also really important to show platonic relationships bad life because, yeah, like people don't write breakup songs about friendships or talk about how much you can mess up your mental health. But let me tell you, platonic love and platonic relationships can fuck you up just as much as romantic love can. So thank you, Sarah, for discussing that. (laughs) I would say that my toxic friendship from high school um, fucked me up more than any of my breakups, for sure. I mean, like, honestly, even like I had, I was in an abusive relationship romantically for 10 months. And I think that that even was less impactful than the five-year friendship I had that was just nonstop, like toxic, toxic, toxic. And I have her back on Instagram and she's on thin ice. So (laughs) real thin ice, girl, you might be deleted. Just so you know. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing of, like, friendships. Like, that's what people don't realize. Like, when you were a teenager, your average romantic relationship is not going to last that long. Even when you're in your yeah. – like, until my husband, I really was not in a very, very long romantic relationship, you know? And, again, like, yeah. different for everyone. But your average teenager is not in very long relationships. But, yeah, like, that's – and I think it's, like, you know you can break up with a significant other, with, with a romantic partner, right? But with friendships, like, no one talks about that. Like, you can cut people out of your life that are friends. But, like, it somehow feels different, and it, it's yeah. harder to do. And so I think we stay in those toxic relationships longer. And so they yeah. do end up having more of, of an impact. Or even just, you know, platonic relationships that just inevitably you grow up, you move away, whatever. Like, there are times where I just get, like, bone crushing sad like literally yeah. just so sad like thinking of these things and, and I could reach out to them like we didn't even have like a falling edge just like we grew apart but like you don't realize like you know there's um I'm talking about Taylor Swift a lot but I also really love that cheer and shocker I know um there's a lot of crossover <laughs> there so it's a Venn diagram and it's a circle but <laughs> I love that cheer and one and one of my favorite lines I think he's ever written is in the song Castle on the Hill and he talks about his friendships and he said these people raised me and it, that's 100 yeah. percent true like you were raised by your friendships like that's yeah. your entire childhood is is your friendships and so I think they can yeah have a greater impact on you in a weird way than even romantic relationships can. Yeah. Yeah. But also everyone just, if you need a reminder, you can break up with your friend. Like that is, yeah. Like, I just think we don't think of that, but you can do it. You can also run away from your friend if they're being toxic. (laughs) Yeah. That is a thing. Cause it's like, you're always told like, it's, it's very common in the media to be like, dump him, dump him. You know what I mean? Right. But nobody ever talks about like, like people are always like forgiveness with like friends yeah, it's like you don't get that you you're not told that that's possibility. Like every time mm-hmm. my toxic friend we'll call her Rebecca. Every time my toxic friend Rebecca <laughs> came back into my life with the apology, I accepted it immediately and went right. back to being her best friend, sleeping at her house all the time, intermingling with our friends and blah blah blah. 
And then I would be crushed and destroyed when she decided we weren't friends anymore. And it was just like a continuous cycle that I never allowed myself to break out of until I went right. to college because I was like, I, this is my best friend. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and she was not yeah. my best friend. I can say that with clarity now, <laughs> but you live, you learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It's a lot harder to break out to break out and break up with friends and family yeah because people again it's like well they're your best friend they're your mother and it's like so if it's not a good relationship i don't care if that person gave birth to me mom i love you obviously you know that (laughs) but like if that person is literally making your life miserable you don't owe them anything like no matter what your relationship is to that person but yeah it is I think so 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 much harder to do when it's friends and family particularly family because yeah there's that weird like blood is blood obligation and blah 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 which is why one of my favorite tropes in fiction is found family because I'm a sucker for it because I'm all about like I think you make your family it's not necessarily blood you know so yeah I agree I have a lot of good found family in my life obviously I have a very good family like my immediate family is very good but Growing up, I think weirdly, I was like jealous of people that like had like would go and like hang out with their cousins and like how that. And I was like, I don't like I'm not really like close to anything like that. Um, and my family, I'm close to my sisters, I'm close to my mom and dad, but I don't have like my extended family besides like my grandparents on my mom's side. Like I never really felt like a deep connection to. Yeah. And then, yeah, like growing up and planning a wedding is like a really like big moment where you realize like, oh, I do have a family. Like I have this really big extended family. They're just not blood. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I feel so I have said this before on the podcast like a thousand times, but I am significantly younger than all of my siblings. Um, and I'm significantly younger than all of my cousins. So all of my mm. cousins and my siblings like grew up together. They went through things together. They were the same age. They've started having, you know, they have their kids are the same age, like blah, 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 blah. Right. They all had this whole like bond that I never felt like I was able to penetrate because I was so much younger. So I was always trying to like get to the point where I could be like one of them. But it's like, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. I didn't grow right. up with them, you know, Um and then, you know, our, we're, our ages are so distant that it's like we're never going to be in that same place. Um, and I always remember being like, damn, like, I wish I was part of that. I wish I was part of that. Yeah. And, yeah, f- I think it wasn't until – well, I had a really good friends in high school, obviously. Um, one of my friends, Emmy, is still my friend. She's in my wedding. Shout out. She listens to the show. Um, but hey, Emmy. <laughs> hey, girl. Um, I'll be but- going in the suit. She's the one who said she's going to have us autograph a Sarah Dessen book for her at the wedding. Oh, yes. oh God, I was like – I got to yeah. practice my autograph. <laughs> I know. Same. Same. But – um, you know, I, I think found family is really like the most important, you yeah. know, thing, especially when you have situations like me where my family is incredibly important to me. And, and, you know, especially now that we're getting older, our relationship is getting to be in a different place. But, you know, I'll never have that extended, right. you know, going out with my cousins memory things because I wasn't old enough. Yeah, exactly. It just it just be like that sometimes. It just yeah. be like that sometimes. Family family is what you make it. Yeah. You know, the amount of times I have cried over like found family things in movies oh, and TV yeah. and books. I don't I don't know why oh. it means so much to me, but it does. 
I mean, so much of Sarah Dessen is found family. We have yeah. Yeah. Keeping the Moon is completely yeah. found family. You know, oh, Mira yeah. is her family, but it's like she barely knows like her until else. she's here. Yeah. yeah. And the extended, and, like, you know, Isabel and Morton, like the fact that like Mira takes in Norman and all of them, like that's 100% found family. Yep. And then we have the Wish Catering crew, which is found yes. family for um, Macy. Like, yep. yeah, we have a lot of really great found family stories with Dustin, which I think that's why Keeping the Moon is like one of my favorite. Well, no, Keeping the Moon is my favorite Sarah Dessen book, it's but. So good. Um, it's so it's good. good. It's so good. It just has a special place in my heart. Yeah. I feel that. I vibe with that. We just really love keeping the moon, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a huge fan. I just don't understand why nobody bought our Mira Sparks t-shirt. <laughs> so good. Come don't on, y'all. We all not love Mira the way we love Mira. Like, Mira is... Okay, this is a true story. And when was this? Around Christmas? I was going through some emotions. I had a lot going on. I was moving. I was living with my in-laws. Tensions were high. I was hormonal. I was overtired. And I was like at my parents' house and I just started crying about like the weird things that I care about. And I, this is a true story. I'm like blubbering and I'm just like, I just wish that I could be more like Mira Sparks who doesn't give a damn what anyone thinks. And my mom's like, okay, well, she's fictional. So, and I'm like, but she means she's real to me, mom. She's, she's real, real to me. me. Yeah. I, she's like my <laughs> idol. Like when I ever, when, when I think about it, like when I think about, you know, as I said, I've been like working on finding myself or like whatever. And I always am like thinking, okay, what would Mira do? Or like, how would Mira feel right now? And it's like, I really do like use that as like a yeah. way to live my life. Sarah Dessen, yeah. you're a legend. Thank you so much. We really love and appreciate legend. you. Yeah. I want to like put that on my mirror. So every morning when I get up, I think to myself, what would Mira do? And like, go take on the world like that. <laughs> Should do yep. that. Just saying. Chapter, so chapter two. two. Oh, Jinx, you owe me a Dr. Pepper. Two episodes in a row. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> We're making this a new thing. I don't know. Anyways, chapter two. Hit it. So, so finally it was lunchtime. Um, we see Emily Schuster, which is apparently another one of their friends who mm. has clearly taken Sophie's fight and whatever argument is going on, even though Emily was... Annabelle's friend first which again with my toxic friendship all of those people were my friend first and then somehow but anyway <laughs> we so then she it's lunchtime she's like I don't really know where to sit she said she used to have other friends like from Lakeview Models shout out hey but during the summer she really isolated herself because of whatever happened we still don't know and so she's kind of cut people off and people are not forgiving about that at all so nobody really wants to talk to her um also sophie apparently is like a super mean girl so the fact that she was friends with sophie a lot of people avoid her yeah um which is like um but it's like once you become friends with a girl like that it's like it's it is scary to stop being their friend because then shit like this happens you know especially if you're in the same school like yep so yeah then you're sitting by yourself at lunchtime and no one wants to do that no one wants to do that um we have so then she goes outside which you can eat outside at this school um i grew up in boston so we didn't eat outside but did you have the option to eat outside yes as a floridian where the weather is summer nine months out of the year yes we did have 
this this area that shows so we had a place at my school we refer to as the art circle i honestly don't know why um anyone who went to high school that's listening that would be you kristen um, you could tell me, well, and my sisters, because we're all in the same school. Um, you could tell me why it was called that. Please do tell, because I never understood. There wasn't art there. You didn't do art there, but for some reason it was called the art circle. And it was like a wall, which had almost like kind of like you could sit along the wall. And there was also picnic tables there. So a lot of people did sit there. So again, considering I was a freshman in high school when I first read this book, um, and she talks about like this wall that they sit outside. I pictured like my high school wall. <laughs> like, so to this day, when I was rereading this as an adult, like that is what I pictured. <laughs> so. That is funny. And I totally get that. <laughs> also, I have a question. So she goes out into the courtyard and she's looking at the various cliques, jocks, art girls, burnouts, and poles. What is that? Do you know what that is? Yeah. I was like, is that supposed to be Polish people? Because... <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to call oh. them that. <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, is there a big Polish population in Chapel North Carolina? Because it's so news to me. But I was like, what are Poles? The only thing I've ever heard Poles called before is Polish people. But like, would they all hang out together? And I, I don't know. I think I'm wrong. You know, I don't think that's what it is. But You know what's funny is I watched um, Along for the Ride last night hmm. again. And she they at one point they're like and over here is where all of the eastern european people hang out and i'm like maybe it is like some maybe sort of is yeah I'm, is there like I'm a big population of yeah like eastern europeans in chapel hill that i'm not aware of it's possible but yeah were there just a bunch of polish people at sarah Dustin's high school meaning politician maybe it's hmm. like the student government like then? poly yeah oh could be that might be. I've never heard them called that, but that could be a term that's used for them. Yeah, it says a pole is a pot- politician or someone who's very politically active. So it must be like hmm. the the well-informed kids that hang out together. It, it, us. It's us. <laughs> yeah, it's us. <laughs> They're sitting there talking about abortion rights. It's yeah. us. Yeah, it's us. <laughs> that's much better than my assumption, which is people talking about how to make the best pierogi. Um <laughs> You're like, um, is this a... <laughs> that would be so random like, if it was just like a group all... of Polish people. Are you allowed to say that anymore? I don't know. I, like, is that an offensive term? I'm not even sure. I'm not if even you're sure. Polish out there, please let me know if that's offensive. I'm Lithuanian, <laughs> so I'm right. I'm right next to that area, but I have some Lithuania blood in me as well. That's oh my, my mom's grandma, or my mom's grandma. My mom's mom. My grandma was um. Like a good chunk of her was Lithuanian, so. Yeah, yeah I think my grandmother is like one hundred percent Lithuanian. I think her I parents know. are came over here from Lithuania, but you know what? Hmm. Yes, because I'm pretty sure she could speak Lithuanian, and my mom was sad that she never taught her Lithuanian. I'm pretty sure, hmm. but I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> Sounds like it could be though. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Oh, yeah, it'd be so uh, cool if I could speak Lithuanian, right? I wish I could speak another language. Like from when I was little, someone would have put it in my little baby brain, so that way I could have learned it instead of like trying to learn it in high school when it was too late. (laughs) But back to lunch here. (laughs) So back to lunch. Some boys are starting to make fun of her for the commercial she's in, and she just gets really embarrassed. She just gets really embarrassed and walks away. 
and she ends up sitting in between on like the the wall she's sitting in between clark reynolds and owen armstrong and then we get a little uh description of owen he is known as the in all caps well in cap capital capital it's a oh my god it's a proper noun uh angriest boy in school apparently there's a lot of rumors about him he listens to he just listens to his radio oh my god i'm so tired y'all i'm so tired (laughs) he just listens to his ipod all day everyone thinks he's angry he's like huge apparently he's like super muscular which i want to say this is our first huge uh love interest normally they're tall and lanky scrawny yeah yeah so this is our first uh hunk hunk of man he wears boots with thick rubber soles he seems like he is hot in a really scary way and so basically there was a story there's a story she talks about here where owen was walking through the parking lot and ronnie waterman who was like a total jerk but very popular started to try to like mess with him a little bit and owen just had no patience like he just kept trying to walk minding his own business he didn't want to be involved in this at all but ronnie didn't like that so what did he do he punched him and then what did owen do knocked him out he completely knocked him out with one punch and then just kept walking and it's like fuck around and find out you know what i mean exactly and i like that owen is somehow the bad guy in this story and it's like clearly ronnie initiated this owen just put an end to it (laughs) Mm -hmm. i know ronnie should have been suspended as well but only owen did and it's probably just because it sounds like ronnie ronnie's family is kind of well known in the town you know his brother was like a football player and then also you know owen already has this like kind of look of being scary there's already like rumors that he's been to juvie and stuff so Sarah Dessen likes herself a bad boy. She does. Again, so many questions about Jay. <laughs> so many questions. Uh, he must be really cool. Like, you know, I've seen pictures of him, obviously, like on her Instagram or whatever in the past. And like, he looks like he's a cool guy. So, yeah, I think he may have been a little like mysterious bad boy vibes in their younger days. That's so cute. I love that for her. <laughs> Adorable. So... Yeah, he's been arrested, they think, and it's it's all rumors, though, I'm pretty sure. None of it is um, none of it is confirmed, but he did disappear from school at one point, and now he's back. Yep. So, and then here we see she's describing Clark, and Clark is wearing a plain white t-shirt, army pants, and flip-flops, and I highlighted this and used it as my tagline today because of I saw Regina George wearing army pants and flip-flops, so I bought army pants and flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's we were all to. wearing army pants in the early aughts, and I don't know why, but it was really trendy. And like those like cargo pants, like the cargo yes. army pants. And yeah, I think pretty much, which is so ironic because now I cannot stand flip-flops, but my high school days, I wore flip-flops to school pretty much every day i think it was just because like you could because in elementary school and middle school they were like against dress code and then i don't know for some reason i guess they thought you could walk by the time you were 15 i'm not sure um so we were allowed to, to wear them in high school i was like i don't know they think we're not gonna trip each other now i'm not sure 
But so yeah, all of us just went to Old Navy and bought like the two dollar yeah. pops and had them in every color, and like that yeah. was the epitome of fashion for some yeah. unbeknownst reason. Yes, uh, Old Navy flip flops back then were like peak fashion. I had yeah. so many pairs. I wore them all the time, and I and just like you, I don't wear flip flops anymore. I have my Birkenstocks, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much the only kind of sandal I wear. Yeah, that I... I wear. It's very strange. I like barely wear sandals, but if I do, yeah, it's like my like Birkenstock style ones, or I have like kind of like strappy ones, like you know, like mm-hmm. the, you have the like, little strap behind whatever, like more more like formal sandals, I guess, like dressier yeah. sandals. But yeah, like I barely wear any kind of sandals, like in my. I'm like, I think it's like I burn out on them after wearing them yeah. for four years in a row. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But there we were all doing it. So then we kind of have another thing. She Clark looks at her and she says, you know, maybe she heard about what happened last May. Apparently everyone had. And then um, Annabelle starts to wonder like, oh, maybe like this will bring us back together because as we find out here, they're not friends anymore. She uh, it looks like Clark had some sort of falling out with Sophie and it seems Annabelle took Sophie's side and uh, they stopped being friends. And she's like, oh, maybe now that we've both been shunned by Sophie, we'll be friends again. But that's not the case. Um, Clark gets up and walks away. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. So. Yeah, it looks like Sophie has caused a lot of grief because clearly she broke up that friendship and now she's being miserable to Annabelle. So. Mm-hmm. interesting little pieces that are falling into place here <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're getting some pieces of the puzzle and then we get another little piece of the puzzle mm, yes she glances over to the parking lot or the the turnaround or something and she sees a red jeep and in the driver's seat is a guy named will cash and we kind of get an understanding here that whatever went down went down with Will Cash. She mm-hmm. can't stop staring at him. She's totally in uh, frozen, scared mode. We get the first inclination. We get the first, Shh, Annabelle, it's just me, which we see a couple times throughout these chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just can't stop staring at him. She's totally frozen. She's terrified. And she ends up. He looks right at her. He barely like gives her any acknowledgement and she just throws up immediately. Yeah. Um which yeah, I feel like that's we're I mean, we're going to be getting into this in later chapters, but yeah, I mean, there's not much to say beyond that like yeah. Yeah. Also, just like what a terrible day this poor girl is having. Like it's I only know. lunchtime, and like this is. I know. What a terrible first day back at school. But yeah, Seriously. we clearly have. We know that there's falling out with Sophie. Clearly, whatever it was had to do with this Will Cash guy, and we are getting. It has not been clearly stated yet, but we are getting that it probably wasn't something good. No. Um, it sounds like he may have done something to her, and and her reaction is, is clearly she is like terrified of this guy so there is yeah yeah there's some strong feelings there and we will be finding out more soon but so far not so good not so good very scary 
But yeah. when she kind of comes back to herself after the red Jeep has driven completely away, she realizes that the courtyard's mostly empty. Most people are gone, but Owen Armstrong was still there watching her. So I think we can kind of guess that he saw this whole interaction and he's yeah. like, hmm, what happened there? That's, that's intriguing. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. he's he's a little curious about that, probably. So then we get a little time jump. It's the end of the day. So uh, Sophie, oh my gosh. Annabelle is finally done with the school day. She's in her car. She's looks terrible because she's been crying. Um, understandably so. <laughs> yeah. It and, sounds like it was a real day. Yeah. And her mom calls her and says, you have a go-see today for modeling. And she really doesn't want to do it. But, of course, this is a Dessen mom and a Dessen daughter. So she's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for mom. Ding, 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 ding. We have a Dessen mom, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's like sort of alluded to in the first chapter. But, boy, does she come alive in chapter mm -hmm. two. <laughs> we really see the emotional attachment that Annabelle has to her mom. And we see why. Yeah. Also, here's where I go on a quick rant against Dustin Fathers, how we often say that they're mm -hmm. kind of just there and they seem to do nothing or have any input in raising their children. And here we go. On the bottom of page 29, we have, well, my dad chose to take a hands-off approach to us working, as he did to everything, even vaguely girly. You have three daughters, okay, dude? From Tampax to Broken Hearts. Can I say fuck off, okay? You have three daughters, they're your, your kids. They're your children with your wife. She's not the only one parenting them. And if you have three daughters, I don't know why buying something like tampons would be a big thing for you, a big ask. Um, right. Yeah. If you don't want to have girls, maybe don't have children. That's my advice to that. So also, thank you. <laughs> like, how immature are you that you're grossed out by, like, getting your daughter tampons? Like, I'm sorry, doesn't your wife? You never went and got your yeah. wife menstrual products? Like You're a grown-ass man. Act Andrew's like gotten it. me Keep menstrual things. products. Has he done a good job? I mean, he brings home some weird shit sometimes. Like sometimes. But... <laughs> they <laughs> might not always be the best at it, but they try. My dad, bless my father, who I've mentioned before many times on podcast, um, besides my clan and I, probably Gilmore Girls' number one fan. Um, <laughs> big Gilmore <laughs> Girls fan. He loved it. He again his like pride and joy was having daughters he says all the time like you know that he was meant to have daughters he doesn't think he could have like when he, growing up he always wanted a son because like you know when you're a guy you're like i want to yeah. go play catch with my boy and whatever and then he realized like he does not have the patience for boys because little boys are whiny y'all <laughs> like bless yeah, them they're a lot but of work. they are <laughs> they're yeah. so whiny and um even big boys are whiny sometimes so, anyhow so he was like, you know, the Lord above knew what he was doing. Give me daughters, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, he also like, you know, he really is like, duh, you can teach your daughter sports. And like me yeah. and my, you know, my mom and my sisters were all super into sports. My eldest sister, Megan, literally like that is her job is covering sports. So like, boy, are we into it. And yeah, he was very, oh my God, he was like, my dad is such a sap. But like, of course, when all of us got our periods, like he was like, <laughs> endearingly a weirdo about it but like very sweetly like when I came home because like you know you're kind of freaked out it's your first time and whatever and he was like 
mom told me and like was like very nice like had this whole like I don't know proud of me moment speech but yeah he totally bought us like you know pads tampons whatever we needed like no shame proudly walked around the grocery store like getting these tampons for my daughters <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like again any good girl dad should because yeah like it's nothing like it's not a big deal so, right anyways that and really like annoyed me. if your dad is acting weird about it that's going to imprint on you and you're going yeah. to be ashamed of your body and ashamed of normal functions. And we could get into that now, couldn't we? But we will mm-hmm. not. We will move on. But anyway, basically, you know, if you're a guy and your lady is bleeding or your daughters are bleeding, suck it the fuck up. Yeah. Get them some, you know, whatever their favorite treat is. I am stereotypical and I do love chocolate in my period. And get them, yeah, some sanitary products and just be nice to them. That's all we ask right. for. Thank it's, you. <laughs> it's the same as if, you know, everyone poops. Every person with a yeah. uterus bleeds for the most part. So anyway. But yeah. Anyways, rant over. Back into the thick of it. And this is literally a page later of a rant against mom. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting like a little backstory here we're talking about how kirsten was the first one to model because somebody approached them in a like grocery store and was like she's your model which i wonder if that still happens and i think so weirdly enough that is weird because now i'd be like are you trying to sex traffic my daughter yeah like i can't believe that people don't think that it's like and i'm sure people do scam people oh for sure anyways Um, So then Whitney wanted to do it once Kirsten started getting regular work. And so then she just kind of happened to start doing this as well, uh, modeling as well, because, you know, the other two did it. And she was a baby and they were like, can we use that baby? And her mom was like, hell yeah. And then there we go. (laughs) I'll use that baby. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am. Can we use your baby? She was like, hell yeah. Yeah, you go ahead and explain my daughter. Let's do it. (laughs) Hell yeah. I mean, I assume that they're getting the money for this. At least I hope so, but I don't know. I believe so. being saved or something. I believe so. But Annabelle's like, I don't, I really don't want to be modeling anymore, but I have to because it saved my mother. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. And this is where her mom sounds like such a stage mom because she's like, you know, she wants to make it clear that the choice is theirs and not hers. And she's like, I would have been happy to have them making mud pies in the backyard. And I just wrote, sure, Jan. (laughs) It's like, okay, it sounds like your entire life is your kids modeling careers. But sure, use that line that you would be just as happy if they weren't doing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is what they wanted to do. Like, um, did Annabelle have a choice? She was a baby. But... It is what it is. We find out here that basically she's so committed to modeling because when her grandmother died, her mother fell into a very deep, deep depression, wasn't getting out of bed, was staying asleep all the time. She was quiet. She didn't talk to anyone. She didn't take them anywhere. Her, their dad really had to step up and start doing things. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. Sure it was really rough for him. Taking care of your kids. <laughs> Bummer. 
but it sounds like he was pretty patient with the mom. Like he wasn't pushing her. He wasn't shaming her. He was like, I understand that this is something you can't really control. Um, so that's good. At least we have like an understanding depression father. Yeah. And he is the one who convinces the mom to finally go to therapy, yeah. which I love that that is mentioned and that she does go to therapy. I was like, yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> needed. Yeah. It, when you fall into something like this, or when something like this happens, it's like you you have to go to therapy. You have to have some a professional help you through um, a yeah. grief that you would not understand typically. So, yeah, basically she like falls into this depression. She's in it for a while. And uh, Annabelle says, in the end, it was the modeling, though, that convinced me we were over the worst of it. She said that her mom had always been the one who got the jobs and dealt with their agent, manager, Lindy. And finally, you know, uh, basically what takes her out of her mom, her, basically the first thing her mom does that makes everyone like kind of release a collective breath was she offers to take Kirsten to a go see that she has been recommended for and they think okay things are going to get start start getting back to normal and she says they did more or less but of course Des and mom and Des and daughter Annabelle says <laughs> as hopeful as I wanted to be I always felt like I was holding my breath sure that it wouldn't last and even when it did the fact that we oh, I'm sorry and even when it did, the fact that what had happened to my mom had come on so suddenly with no beginning or true end made it seem that much more likely to reappear in the same fashion. Which is, yeah, I mean, I think as kids, when you don't understand the world, you don't understand how things work, and you just see somebody who's supposed to be nothing but strength just break down into this really scary, horrible time, honestly, where you just kind of lose your mother completely to her mental health. It's hard to grapple with like what happened, what was the cause of this and what fixed it? You know, Annabelle's telling herself us modeling is what fixed it, but it's like, well, that's probably not what fixed it, but she yeah. does like, you know, rely on it and, you know, she does use it as a form of happiness. So, right. But, you know, if you quit modeling, she's not going to fall into a deep depression, most likely. I mean, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully not, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I would I would really like to assume that she wouldn't. But, yeah, I could see her again. You know, we said she kind of seems like she wants to keep the peace in the family. And she's very in tune to her mother. And, yeah, like she said she was nine when that happened. And I think that's something that, like, is such a weird you know, like, obviously, that is something that happens to most of us, like our grandparents pass away. And our grandparents, of course, were our parents, parents. And, you know, like, that is a really, it sounds like Annabelle's mom and her grandma had a really good relationship. And, and that is something that like, you know, obviously, she had a really hard time processing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, if you're not like, you don't get that. And you like, you just see your mom is really depressed. And then one day she wants to, she kind of like, the one spark that she seems to have in her life is taking you and your sister's modeling. And so, yeah, you'd be like, well, I obviously can't quit modeling because like that, she then she would just fall apart again and we can't have that happen. And it's like, 
no, that's not quite the correlation, but I can understand how you would see that. <laughs> yeah, I can understand how your little kid brain would be like, yes, yeah. and then that would follow you through adolescence because you still have a little kid brain. You know, there's so many things right. that I didn't understand that I like, you know, thought I understood when I was like, as she says, like nine. And then I didn't realize that that understanding was completely wrong until I was like 24. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And it sounds like, you know, honestly, all the girls you know, did enjoy modeling at a certain point. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to get to hear, like, Annabelle wants to quit it now. Like, she feels weird about it now. But it sounds like for a while, she really did enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you're enjoying it and your mom seems to be enjoying and take Like, again, like, we talked before, you know, the Tooth About Forever when we were talking about, like, Wes's art and, like, Macy and stuff. And we were talking about, like, how nice it is to feel supported. And so I think, you know, like, again, like, it's so nice every time my mom texts me about our podcast. Like, it's really nice to be yeah. like, oh, you're supporting me. So I think, like, you know, in a sense, it started innocently enough, you know. It was, like, something the girls generally enjoyed doing. A mom was very supportive of it. She was very helpful in it. And so it's like, okay, all is well and good. But now it's at the point where, you know, because of this thing that happened since April that we've kind of alluded to a little bit, Annabelle's not feeling it anymore and she's feeling this you know odd pressure like she's leaving school and it's like I've had a really bad day mom and my my makeup's a mess or whatever and her mom's like okay honey yeah no I understand and she says she does this really good thing where she like gives you this choice that's like not really a choice but yeah. it sounds better and then you would be the like asshole if you were like no 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 I can't do it or whatever she's like why don't you come home and I'll make you a sandwich and then you can go and do it and you can shower. And then of course, Annabelle asks her like, well, how far away is this go see? Like, where is it? And it's a place that's 30 minutes or 20 minutes away and it's in 30 minutes. So she can't go home and take a shower and she can't have a sandwich. But now it's like, she's agreed and she can't let her mom down. So she's like, okay, y'all drive straight over there. I guess even though I just had the worst, worst day of school ever. Yeah. Yeah, and then she gets there, and mom is there waiting for her, and in the car with her is Whitney. And this is when we find out that, you know, Whitney has an eating disorder. She um, was really big into modeling. She was really tall, so she did a lot of, you know, people love that shit when you're tall. And you're a model. Yes. So she, I guess she just felt a lot of pressure and, and she started, you know, kind of starving herself and she had the seating disorder. And um, so she's in the car now. She is extremely grumpy. And Annabelle says, I was trying to be patient with my sister to remember at times like this that it wasn't her I was upset with, but her eating disorder. But at times like this, it looked a lot like Whitney and vice versa. So it was hard to tell the difference. And that is... I mean, you could apply that to any sort of like addiction, mental yes. illness, like in- invisible um, illnesses, as you would say. Yeah. And that's a great line. Like, honestly, yeah. 10 out of 10 line. It is. It is. It's really insightful. Yeah. And it is really hard to. Yeah, yeah. Like you, your logical brain is like. That's my sister and I love her and this isn't her. It's the eating disorder. But yeah, like your emotional side of the brain. And again, like with any, you know, like hidden illness, like, yeah, if it's addiction, if it's mental illness, whatever. But when, yeah, like your emotional side of the brain takes over, it's like, okay, yeah, but actually I'm like pissed at this person. And it's, it's very hard sometimes to remind yourself that it's not them. It's their ailment that you cannot see, you know? Exactly. So... 
her mom has a bunch of clothes for her to try and she hands her her mom hands Annabelle a pink suede top and we see again this Annabelle it's just me and this triggers her she's like no not that one um and so we kind of get like she must have been wearing that shirt when this went down um so she's like please get that shirt away from me and then she has to borrow Whitney's bra, which Whitney, Whitney is, like, not excited about. Seems like Whitney is just really not in a good mood. Also very 2006 that she's wearing a tank top that had a built-in bra. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. there was always those, like, camisoles that had it. Yeah. And I love that we, like, use that as a real bra. <laughs> like, I still do. Now that I think about it, I'm like, do you still have some of the camisoles that had the built-in bras? I'm yeah. Like, um, I don't have any of those anymore. American Eagle. Do they still make them? Yeah, airy. Like I have, I have one on right now, underneath this. What respect? I wear. I just wear like sports bras a lot now. Oh, same. Like when I want to be comfortable, you know. Like I'm not wearing a real bra. Like I wear scrubs to work, so like I have no shape anyways in it. So I'm like wearing a sports bra under this because it's more comfortable. Half the time, I'm not even wearing a bra. I'm like, yeah. To be, I mean, in the house, they're a little too. They're a little too uh, 32, 31-year-old woman to not wear a bra in public, but. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Gravity, when I was, y'all. It does get to you. <laughs> when I was 25, I could just, you know, pop a, a one of those sticky things on there and go about my day, but I am not 25 anymore, and these ladies need the a little day. help. Obviously, gravity wasn't working against me as much. And I also had, like, smaller boobs, like, when I was a teenager yeah, slash in my same. early 20s. So, yeah, I was like, whatever. I'm wearing this. Like, you know, like, there were, like, certain shirts. You're like, whatever. I'm, I'm just not going to wear a bra. Now I'm like, oh, I probably should wear a bra with this shirt. <laughs> I'm like, that was, that was a good time back when I could yeah, do right? that. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway. So she's ready to go, and she goes ahead into her go-see, and her mom's like, we'll wait for you, and um, Annabelle's like, you don't have to wait for me, and then Whitney's like, yeah, we're not waiting. Well, she doesn't say that, but she turns the car on. She's like, yeah, Yeah. we're getting out of here. She alludes to it. Yeah, and so she goes in, and um, that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. So in one sense, we basically went through the first day of school. So that's yeah. basically what we've been through. But with the flashbacks and yeah, it's just like a lot of good character, lots of intriguing things. Yeah. There's like, like, what's up with mysterious Owen? What was this incident? Why is Sophie such a bitch? <laughs> like these are all, yeah, these are like, all what things happened? that will be answered. <laughs> what happened with Clark? What's the story yeah. with Whitney? You know, we're going to worry about where's Chris? Where's Kirsten? Yeah. We haven't um, like seen present day her yet. That's true. Man, my mind yeah. is really blown that I could be going out there. Thank you for enlightening me that I could still be buying camisoles at built-in bras. I'm going to buy some. <laughs> I've been missing oh, yeah, out. American like Google. They're all. I've really been missing out. They're like, they're crop tops, mm. but like. You know, everything's high waisted. Well, yeah. So, so it basically it yeah, works. It's crop top. Also, thank God everything yeah. is high waisted. I don't know why we were wearing low rise, which low rise is mm-hmm. like kind of coming back in because people want to mimic the early odds. Don't do it. It's not don't cute, do it. and you can't ever bend over to. And it's, oh, it's the worst. Why did we do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. But we did. Why did we do that? Fashion is weird, y'all. But that's Fashion the best thing about getting older. Is you just like 
you kind of don't really care what's trending anymore. Like I kind of still care a little bit, obviously, but I kind of just have like, I don't know, I guess my own style, not really, but yeah, then just yeah. kind of like wear whatever you want. Like I, I guess skinny jeans are out or whatever or stuff now, but I'm like, whatever. I have this high-waisted pair of skinny jeans that I love. I'm going to wear them because – I've mm-hmm. that's cool I'm I'm me I do what I want I'm not I don't have to be hip with the kids I can wear what I want <laughs> I don't know anyways yep I I never liked skinny jeans so I'm hyped that flair is back but I understand yeah. what you mean yeah so that was it that was the first two chapters a little time machine back to 2006 we will be back next week let me check the sketch oh also um somebody just sent me this i i feel like people need to know a source told entertainment tonight that it was more of taylor's decision to break up but both of them realized that they weren't completely right for each other anymore hmm. so interesting we have that we have that that is breaking news like- hot off the presses everyone did yeah, you see the, the list of all Taylor's the people decision. that have unfollowed him on Twitter? Because I saw that the other day. Yes. And that intrigued me. Yeah. That very much intrigued me. It's, like, it's what intriguing. Did, what did he do? What happened? I, like, he didn't necessarily do anything, but I don't know. Yeah. There's people unfollowing him on Twitter. So, yeah, there's rumors that he's been like, cheating or he was cheating on her, which would be crazy. But, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't know, know. And maybe. Maybe we will find out. Maybe we won't. You know, it's not when really the next album business. comes out, we can all read into the lyrics as much as we want to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but so, uh, so this episode's going to come out on May second, and then the following week actually we'll be off. And so we'll see you on May sixteenth with chapters three through five. Don't miss us too much, even though I know you will. We will see you guys then. Take care of yourselves. Yeah, please do. And uh, come back to just listen. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll be here all day. <laughs> so lame. <laughs>